Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Would you turn with me uh, to John chapter 21, verse 15 to 19. John 21, verse 15 to 19. Uh, we're going to read this powerful passage of Scripture and then I'm going to expand and uh, you'll probably understand why uh, I said, you know, life goes on in a while. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. amen. Praise God. You know, before you read, let me pray. Lord, we declare our hearts are open to receive your word. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, and also give us the strength to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here we go. John chapter 21, verse 15 to 19. So, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. He said to him, then tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, you love me. And he said to him, Lord, you, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Let's read on two more verses. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. And when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to Peter, follow me. The title for today's message is called The Good Continuation. A lot of times when we read this passage of Scripture, we think of it as a restoration message. Because in a way, yes, Jesus restored Peter. Because he had earlier denied him three times. And sometimes we can get into the whole thing. Oh, you know, is, is Pastor going to teach us about, you know, uh, do you agape me? I feel you. No, we're not going to be studying about the type of loves and what it means in Greek. Not today. Today, we want to talk about how this is more than just a restoration message. This is also a preparation message. Because Jesus knew that there was so much more in store for Peter. And he didn't need to just be restored, he needed to prepare. And I say that over us as well. Because for some of us, and the two sisters who we prayed for, there is so much more God has, has in store for them. Amen? And I believe that it's not just for them, but it's for all of us. We just came out from two very powerful weekends of ministry sitting under the feet of uh, our global senior pastors, Pastor Kenneth, Pastor Sandra. You know, how many of you were blessed at the getaway? Amen. How many of you felt the presence of God at the getaway? You know, and even last week when Pastor Kenneth was preaching, how many of you were, were challenged by the message in a good way? Amen. How many were blessed by the message in a good way? And so, God's doing something, but life goes on. You see, many times we like to capture moments. We live in a society where everything is about the gram. 
You know, so we, are, we, we can't just enjoy the process. We got to capture the moment. Oh, what I had for brunch. Uh, what I had for dinner last night. Oh, this is the, the, the sunset I saw uh, two weekends ago. But God is not just about moments. It's about movement. And God wants to grow us from strength to strength, glory to glory. Jesus knew uh, the type of life that Peter was going to have. As they were talking, Jesus could see the 3,000 people that were going to get saved. Jesus could see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would result out of Peter's ministry. Jesus could see uh, the people that were going to be miraculously healed through Peter's life. But before all that could happen, he had to prepare Peter. Amen? And this is also a powerful message because we are also at that time of the year. It is now officially December. Oh my, where did the year go to? Welcome to December, the last month of 2019. In 31 more days, you'll be saying hi to 2020. You know, we'll be looking forward to robots and flying cars and robots driving flying cars. Or at least that's what we think of 2020. But it's so important for us to prepare for the new year now. Because if we're not careful, we can be taken in by the seasons, especially the last two weeks. Lots of celebration, lots of party. Oh, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and shopping, of course. If you're not careful, we'll just be, you know, going in from one sale to the other sale. How many of you have already started your sale on Black Friday? You know, and, and you're just going in from one party to the other party. Before you know it, oh, it's 2020. And then you overcame remorse, and then you put on the gram again, and you see people just capturing moments the best moments and then these are the thing, you know a new year resolution and then you feel compelled to, to, to just you know follow the crowd and get into a new year resolution only to forget it by February and feel very guilty and then February doesn't help that it's a lonely month because it's also the month that you celebrate Valentine's Day so either you feel very you know like reminded that you don't have someone so much so that you declare to yourself you know what you know what's all this about pairing up we should have single awareness day sad uh, and uh, you know, so February becomes a sad month for you, only for you to get religious in March when Easter comes near, only to forget about Christ after April because the weather is turning and then you'll be traveling in May before you know it, exams come in June and then you need a break in July and then you go traveling in August again because why not? The sun's out by the way, Olympics, Tokyo 2020 is happening and you'll be glued to the TV watching it and before you know it, it's September. It's time to go back to school, go back to work, and then become October. You hear the pastor says, Hey, get away, 2020 is happening, you should sign up. And then November, you come and you get zapped by the power of the Holy Spirit again, only to go on summer holidays. And then before you know it, we're back in December 2020. So we're going to prepare. Because if you don't prepare, time flies. But when you prepare, you make the most out of the year. So this message is not just for the people who are graduating. This message is not just for, for, the, for, for you know, some people that are just visiting. This is for all of us, you know. And because life goes on and God wants us to grow on. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say that, grow. Amen. And then turn to your other neighbor and say, he's talking about you. And one of the key things about growth is in the power of saying yes. There's power when you say yes. There's a movie that I like called Yes Man. 
It's a comedy by Jim Carrey and talk about this wacky guy who decided to just say yes for the rest of his life. And of course, hilarity ensues. But the power is not just in saying yes once. The power is in saying yes again and again and again. You know, take for example, you know, in any relationship, and we say this many times, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And for any relationship to work, you got to say yes again and again and again. Amen? You know, and, and for example, you know, today I'm happily married to my wife, uh, but do you know that this relationship started when she said yes to me? When she said yes to being my friend. And then she said yes to being my girlfriend. Then she said yes to being my fiancé. And then she said yes to being my wife at the altar. How many know that you got to say yes, not just at engagement, you know, and then you got to say yes again at, at your wedding day. And then after that, you know, life goes on, we get married, and then sometimes when imperfect fight happens, and then she's got to say yes again, yes to, to putting up with me, yes to forgiving me. Yes to my snoring, which you only discovered when we got married. Because before that, we didn't even live together, we didn't sleep together. So certain things, you know, she said yes, but she didn't realize what she was saying yes to. Yes, I, I want to marry you, but she was also saying yes to the snoring. Yes to, you know, not being, me being fat for some years and, and all that kind of thing. And not just that, saying yes, eventually to yes. I'm, we're going to say yes to God together. And we're going to come to the UK and, and plant God's church together. And then we're going to say yes again and again and again. I'm sure you all understand where I'm getting at. For us to grow, we cannot start and remain at one yes. The same with your faith. Years ago, it started with one yes. Yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I'm just a sinner. Yes, I need His forgiveness. Yes, wash me clean, Lord. Yes, I want to be baptized. Yes, I want to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And then it moves on. Yes, I want to serve. Yes, I want to go to cell group. Yes, I want to lead a group. Yes, I, I want to go to the next level. Yes, I want to read the Bible. Yes, I want to tithe. Yes, I want to give. And so what Jesus was teaching Peter is that, Peter, when I look into your life, I see the souls that are going to be impacted. I see your ministry and also I see your death. That's why he was, he was saying that. And so what Peter was saying that, Peter, when I look at you now, I look at you from this moment onwards until the day you die and then when we see each other face to face in heaven. But I'm going to tell you from this moment until that moment, the key towards getting there is in a series of yeses. You see, Jesus is not big on shaming people. A lot of times we look at this and Peter probably felt it. You know, why is Jesus asking me three times why, whether I love him? Is it because I denied him three times? No, Jesus is not just about guilt-tripping people. He's not going like, oh, Peter, you've denied me three times? Okay. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? No, Jesus is not about that. Jesus was teaching him, no, the, the key, you know, all has been forgiven. No, I just rose from the grave. All of sin has been forgiven. Your denial has been forgiven. I want to teach you the power of yes. I need you to understand that it's about saying yes again and again and again. So this morning, I want us to at least learn the power of three yeses. And in, in, in learning 
uh, to say yes to God, I pray that we will go through life not just rushing in with our own pace, but we'll walk according to the steady pace of God, leaning in to hear what He wants us to do. Amen? Especially in the preparation now for the new year. So the three things that Peter had to say yes to, point number one, he had to first of all say yes to separation. The first question that was posed to Peter wasn't, do you love me? It was, do you love me more than these? That's what verse 15 says. You can flash it up again. Do you love me more than these? And he wasn't talking about breakfast, even though we started with after they had eaten breakfast. And it must have been good breakfast because Jesus cooked that breakfast. Go back, read the whole chapter. You know, can you imagine that? We'll come back to Jesus cooking breakfast in a while. But you're saying that, do you love me more than these? Can you imagine they were probably there by the Sea of Galilee? And Jesus, you know, more than these. What, what did the these mean to Peter? Maybe do you love me more than what you're comfortable with? Because Peter, even though he encountered Jesus, even though he knew that Jesus rose again, you know, go back and read 21, chapter 21. It says that he decided, let's go back to fishing. So again, this is another reminder. Let us never ever say that, no, I don't think today's message for me because I'm a mature believer. I've already said, you know, my yes to Jesus. And when I say yes, it means yes. Peter saw Jesus face to face. He experienced the resurrection power face to face. And yet he could say, let's go fishing. Because there needs to be a separation that happens in our life. And so the first thing that he needed to separate, what did fishing, what did Galilee represent to him? It represented what he knew. And sometimes our experiences, what we know, what the years have taught us, what this year has taught us. How many of you have felt like 2018 taught you some lessons? Can we see a show of hands? You know, taught you some lessons. I'm not going to ask whether it's good or bad. But it taught you some lessons. But how many know that experiences, is nothing wrong, but it becomes wrong when we make those experiences an idol. And then it becomes not an experience, but a preference. And what happens is this, that God wants to move us into a new year. God wants to move us into a new season because life goes on. He wants to move us from strength to strength, but what could be stopping us could be our experiences, but specifically our preferences on how we wish God to move. How many of you have been there before? That you're praying to God, God, please help me overcome this issue like how you helped me overcome it before. Now, there's nothing wrong with that statement of prayer, but it's wrong if you expect God to move in exactly the same way. And so sometimes what we need to do, we got to say yes to, I need to separate. As 2020 is coming, while 2019 is good, praise God for that. I've learned some lessons, but God, I am ready for the new lessons you will teach me. I'm ready for the new experiences. I thank God for these experiences and there will be good memories, there will be good testimonies, but God, I desire more. I don't want to make these my idol. I don't want to make this my crutch. Another thing that stops us from moving on with God could also be our respectability. How many know that it's a respectable thing to be a fisherman? 
You know, at those times, nowadays, you know, if I ask any girl, girls, would you like to marry a fisherman? You'd be like, Pastor, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I reject that, you know. Of course, if he, if he owns a, you know, f- big fishing company uh, with no Alaskan king crabs, then you'll be, you might go like, okay, I receive that in Jesus' name. But back then, he was a boat owner, he was a business owner, he was a tradesman. And so what God needed him to separate was also from the respectability of his office. Could it be that the only thing stopping you from moving to the next level with God is your own dignity? King David, in his pursuit of God, where he brought the act of the covenant, the presence of God into Jerusalem, he was sacrificing, he was dancing, he was worshipping God, so much so that his wife grew jealous and go like, David, put on some clothes. You are a king. You can't just, you know, gallop around the city or, no, and show off your royal jewels. Like, like come on, this is... You know, okay, for one person at the back who got that joke. And, and, and then David says this, you know what, I don't care. Because I'm not dancing for you. I'm not dancing for the crowd. I'm dancing for God. And, and if, you, if you don't like this, then baby, I will become even more undignified than this. I added the baby, but he did say, I will become more undignified than this. Because he's talking to his wife. And could it be that, you know, the Holy Spirit is challenging us. Hey, in the new year, I want to move in your life. Would you flow with me? Would you serve with me? The Holy Spirit is coming in like a tidal wave and He wants us to serve on His grace and serve on His leading. He wants to use us in our workplace, you know, to become His hands, His feet. To when the next time our colleague says, I'm struggling with something, instead of going like, oh, there, there, I hope it gets better, we actually have the courage to say, let me pray. I want to declare, can I give you some advice? The Word of God says this. Now, of course, the only thing stopping us back is that, Pastor, you don't understand in this country, there are rules and regulations against this kind of things. There's separation between church and state. You can't just go out there mouthing faith. People can file complaints against you. Could it be it is exactly those kind of fears? Fear of how other people will look at you. Which one was more respectable? Peter, the fisherman, going on about his trade in Galilee or Peter, leaving his all, leaving his home to follow this risen Messiah to Jerusalem, a place where he's not even from. If you're from Galilee, you would say that go for option A. But if you're from the Holy Spirit, you'll say, Peter, don't miss out your destiny because it's in column B. And could it be that God is saying to us, and the eve of, you know, because I, I consider, I know it's technically not the New Year Eve service yet, but December feels like the tipping point. Could it be that God's already challenging you? You know, I pray that God does start speaking to you about the new year. Amen? Because, you know, if, if God doesn't, you'll probably put something there. Right, how many of you have started planning for next year's holiday? Don't raise your hand. Before you start planning about next year's holiday, would you seek God and go, God, what are your plans for me in the next year? Could it be that you want to move in a greater way? And could it be that it is my fear of wanting to look respectable and fit in? Sometimes, you know, as Christians, we are so in love with fitting in. But God never asks us to fit in. God always asks us to stand out. Amen. But point number three, 
fishing in Galilee, could it also be representing the comfort, the comfort zone of Peter? Do you know that the thing about comfort zones is that this is the truth, it grows. A lot of us, we go like, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. Great. Here's an ugly truth. Your comfort zone grows from year to year. You know, in, in, in trying to teach Peter to keep saying yes to Jesus, Jesus was also trying to say that your, your yes, three years ago when you first joined me in my ministry, is not going to be enough for what's going to come on the day of Pentecost. Because if we're not careful, that could become our comfort zone. Our serving today could be our comfort zone of next year. Our giving could be our comfort zone. Our quiet time could be our comfort zone. Maybe, you know, you make great progress. Praise God. You know, and then you're telling me, Pastor, you should have seen me last year. Last year, I wouldn't even step into church. Well, praise God. Glad that you're in church now. No, but now, just coming could be your comfort zone. And maybe you got to start serving. Maybe last year, you didn't even bring your Bible to church. Look at me now, Pastor. I've got a Bible in my phone. I'm like, great, great. But maybe the comfort zone now is to read it more than just on a Sunday. Oh, but Pastor, I know no, that, was my, that was who I was. But last this year, I've just been enjoying my quiet time with, with Jesus. Great. Could you bring that quiet time deeper? So we've got to watch out for that comfort zone. So point number one. I know giving you sub-points. That's why I'm preaching a bit faster. But point number one is this. Say yes to separation. Because it is only when we separate from these that can we latch on to God's purposes. Which brings me to point number two. Say yes to serving His purposes. Like I mentioned earlier, if we're not careful... Some of us here could already be planning summer 2020. Some of you are already booking tickets and looking for tickets to Japan to look at the Olympics. Some of you are booking tickets to America. Some of you are booking tickets to Hawaii. Some of you are booking tickets to, I don't know, God knows where, Iceland. But God is saying that, hey, before you do all that, would you say yes to my purposes? And that's the thing about God is this. We've got to approach God with faith. And by faith, meaning that God, I'm going to say yes before I hear your plans. A lot of us, we go like, God, tell me your plans. And then I'm going to say yes to them. How many of you have actually heard God's plan and still said no? Don't raise your hand. We've all been there before. And God is saying that you got to, the next yes, after you separated with what you know, after you separate with your comfort zone and keep separating from your comfort zone, after you separate from your need to be seen as respectable and fitting in, now that you're saying yes to becoming a rebel, don't be a rebel with no cause, be a rebel for a cause, be a rebel for His cause, serve His purpose. And I'm not talking about recruitment drive, hey, join this team or that team, but God's purpose. And what we need to do first and foremost, point number three, I'll teach us how to you know, discover God's purpose. But this point number two, the main point is this, we're going to say yes to His purpose. We're going to say yes even before we like to paint for ourselves what we would like 2020 to look like. Would you allow God and pass Him the paintbrush of your life? Pass Him the staring of your life and go like, God, even before 2020, I'm saying that here's the pain. 
here's the brush. Let my life be a new canvas. Paint your way. I don't know what kind of picture you're going to paint, but I trust in the painter. I trust in the porter. I trust in Jesus. And, and, and this brings us back to why I alluded earlier about Jesus making breakfast. How do you trust and say yes to God's purpose before you hear them? Because after you hear God's purpose and then you say yes, that's not faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you hear something and then you say yes, that's called agreement. And that's why after we download an app, we go like, yeah, I agree, even though we never read it. But that's not faith. That's just get out of my way so I can get to the good stuff. I can get to the app. I can get to the program. I can get to the game. But God is saying that, would you say yes? Would you, in other words, can I challenge you this? Would you surrender 2020 to Jesus? Oh, it got real quiet now. Before that, oh, yes, Lord, I want His purposes. Oh, 2020, that's a year. Yeah, how old are you? You're more than a year old. If we can tithe our finances, have you ever been radical enough to go like, would I tithe my life? I'm not even going to the intricacies of like, do I therefore just only give God 10 years of my life? That's not the point. But would we dare to go like, God, I trust you. I trust you. I can, I can have option A and, and, and plan my way through how I want to see 2020 or I can go your way and trust in you. Think about it for a moment. This is the same God who came from eternity, we sinned and God came out of eternity, He stepped out of eternity, clothed Himself in human flesh, reduced Himself to be born of a, a virgin womb, came out as a baby, the living Word of God had to learn to speak for our sake. He who could walk on water learned to walk for our sake. And then not just that, he talked and he walked and he talked and he walked all the way to the cross to die for our sake. The type of death that we should have died, Jesus took it. And not only that, but he rose from the grave. And not only that, he made breakfast. I want you to just, the next time, don't just think of how Jesus died for your sins. Think about how much He loved you that after dying for your sins, He made breakfast. You know, people say that, ladies, if a man makes you breakfast, you marry the right man. Our God made us breakfast. And so if, the next, if you're thinking, how can I say yes? Oh, I'm not sure whether this pastor knows what he's talking about. How do you surrender 2020? You know, uh, I don't believe in this kind of theology. Trust in the Lord who died for your sins and made you breakfast. Don't you think He has bigger plans for you? You know, I, I was thinking whether to use this example, but I'll use it. It's a bit nuanced example, a bit complicated. But of course, I'm, I'm, as I'm talking about this, I'm not making light of the incident. Last Friday, there was an incident on London Bridge. We prayed as a church. Thank God nobody was hurt. But people were hurt. Thank God nobody in our church was hurt because I know some of us actually work in that area. But unfortunately, two people lost their lives. It's very tragic. Uh, we thank God for the police that were quick to be there. We thank God for, you know, all these things. Uh, but there was this very uh, complicated story that came out. One of the people 
they were considering calling him a hero who risked his life to tackle this terrorist down. And this terrorist had taped knives, not just held knives, but taped them to his hands so that it could not be dropped, it could not be priced. So a guy actually tackled a bunch of them, but one of them tackled and, and ripped the knives and the tape of the knives off the terrorists. And they were about to call him a hero only to realize that this guy is actually a convicted criminal. And he is actually serving a life sentence for killing a young girl. But because his life sentence was so long, he was given a day out. And on his day out, that one day out in God knows how many years, in that one day out, he was at the right place and at the right time and was heroic, if I can use that word, or risk his own life to grab knives and to stop more people from being killed and stabbed. When I look at that picture, of course, news is going on about whether do we call him a hero or not. When I looked at that, I'm, I'm, I marvel at God's purpose because only God could have done that. And, and, and if God can use a convicted felon on his day out to protect lives, he can use you. Turn to your neighbor and says that you're not a convicted felon. And then turn to your neighbor and says, I hope not. <laughs> so do, do you get what I'm getting at church? If God can orchestrate in His divine movement of people in the right place and right time for someone who even though he has a past to have a moment to step up and do the right thing. Can you imagine when you surrender your life to him? Come on. Don't you want to be more than a student? Don't you want to be more than a husband? Don't you want to be more than a wife? Don't you want to be more than a lawyer? Don't you want to be more than a doctor? Don't you want to be more than a banker? More than a manager? So much more. And the thing is this, God desires that. Do we? Jesus was telling Peter, Peter, I have so much more. But before, because I need you to say yes to serving my purposes. And that's why on the second time he asked, do you love me? He was specific to go, Tend my sheep. Take care. Serve. Get your hands involved. And serve, not just in the ministry, but serve my purpose. And so friends, I hope that we will allow God. And that this, the whole point of today's message is not just for us to receive good teaching, but to take back and meditate and go like, God, dare I surrender 2020 to you. Dare I make the vision the vision 2020 of my life to serve His purposes. The choice is yours. Now, I talked about saying yes to His purpose. But how do we figure out His purpose? How do we figure it out? And this is point number three. To figure out God's purpose, it starts by saying yes. 
It's a ripple effect. If Peter didn't separate, he would not be able to say yes to God's purpose. But when he said yes to serving God's purpose, he was not given the full timetable of his life. He wasn't saying that, okay, Peter, now that he said yes, okay, get ready. In two weeks' time, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And though it might look freaky, it's going to be okay. And then that's where you need to step up all right, and uh, to preach a message. And so uh, 3,000 people will be saved. So you've got two weeks to prepare for that message. Make sure that you start with a funny joke, end with a salvation call, and maybe have three points in the middle, all right? And then after that, I want you to, you know, administrate the church, appoint seven other administrators, and then I want you to not freak out when you have a dream about me asking you to kill and eat unclean animals because that will lead to you going to Cornelius' house and then the Holy Spirit will be poured out to the Gentiles. And after that, there's going to be this guy called Paul, but first of all, he'll be named Saul, and then he's going to mess you up initially. And then after he gets saved, he's going to mess the right people up. And then he's going to come back to mess you up. You guys are going to have an argument, but then you guys are going to be okay, and then you're going to mess the world up together in a good way. No, he didn't say that. He says that now they say yes, cool. Now I need you to surrender. You're going to say yes to surrender because it is in the surrendering that we make sense of God's purpose. You see, when... When me and Pastor Cat came over, God didn't tell us that, you know, Michelle would join us in October 2015 and she would come with this girl called Noelle and they'll be sitting at the back row and I remember exactly where they sat at the back right row and they, they would leave immediately. No. But we just surrendered and surrendered and surrendered. We kept seeking the Lord seeking the Lord, and then His purposes became clearer and clearer and clearer. Let me end with this famous verse. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. How many of you have, you know, tattoos of this verse? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have written this, you know, as a birthday card wish, as a farewell wish, as a blessing? How many of you have declared this over your life? How many of you declared this over another person when you pray? Sister, I feel I have a word for you. God says that, you know, don't be afraid. He knows the plans He has for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Uh, many times, and, and there's, what we need to understand is this, okay? Full disclosure, full context. Jeremiah chapter 29 was, the whole chapter was God using Jeremiah to tell the people of Israel that were going to be getting into some storms. They're going to be exiled. And God was basically saying that, hey, things are going to look worse before they look better. But I want you to know this, that as things look worse, I know what I'm doing. And I know the plans I have for you. And so let's read. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And many times we stop there. But actually verse 12 and verse 13 are very powerful. It says this, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me and when you search for me with all your heart. So now that we say yes to God's purpose, yes God, I give you the keys 
to my new season in life. I give you the keys to my uh, next stage in life called my young working adult life. I give you the keys to my career. I give you the keys to my marriage. I give you the keys to 2020. Now what, God? Now that I give you the keys, what do we do? Many times we, we misunderstand and we think that, oh, surrendering to God means complacency and doing nothing. Brother, have, have, have you got a job? No, I'm just surrendering to the Lord. Oh, have you applied for any? No, I'm just surrendering to the Lord. Have you worked on your CV? I'm just surrendering to the Lord. Uh, have, you, have you cleaned up yourself? What time is the interview? I'm just surrendering it to the Lord. Okay. Uh, are you going to get married? I'm just surrendering to the Lord. As if that's the one part that you won't surrender. Anyway, so. But surrendering means this. In chapter Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the first verse, even though it sounds like a blessing, it is a challenge to surrender. It starts with this, for I know, who knows? God. For I know. So the good news is this, we have plans. God has a plan and that plan is good. Tell your neighbor, God's plan for 2020 for your life is good. And then you say, Amen, I receive it. And say, I'm not lying, it is good. Because God made it. He loved me enough to make me breakfast. But this is the thing, only God knows. He just says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you and I will share it shortly. No, for I know those thoughts for you, they are mine. They are my plans. And I'm not going to tell you because you're going to spoil it. How many of you have been there before? You know, you, you can't keep a secret. And you can't handle, you know, a certain information because you just can't. And God is saying that, I, I know the plans I have for you. But it is my plans and I have it, but, but you can make sense of it. But don't expect me to spell it out for you. Don't expect me to give you the timetable. This is what I expect you to do. I have plans for you. I want you to access those plans. They are good plans. They are plans to give you peace and a future for your career, for your marriage, for your studies, for your finances, for your life partner. But this is how you access it. When you call upon me. And so when you say yes to surrender, would you also say, God, from this moment on, I'm installing a new habit upon my life and I'm also going to say yes to calling upon you more. I'm going to say yes to going to you. And may 2020 and this new season be a year of you going to God more. More than before. And not just going to God, but praying to Him. And may the new year, new season be a season where your prayer life goes up to the next level. And not just that. When you do that, God says, I will. How many of you would love to have that kind of faith? That whatever you pray, you know that God is listening. It's not, I might listen, I will listen. And this is not just talking about, oh, God hears everything, God knows everything, I will listen. This is the, the, the word listen here is active. That means, I will draw my ear near. 
I will take in your requests. And so this is how God, I surrender. But I'm not going to be complacent. I'm going to run to you. For every life decision, God, I know you've got my career figured out. But I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to run to you. And I'm going to go to you. And I'm going to pray to you. And as I do that, you will listen. And you will hear my hopes and my dreams and my fears and my wants and my lacks. And you will answer them because your plans for me are good. And not just that, it says, and you will seek me. And I pray that the new season will be a year of us seeking. And find me. Wow. It's one thing to seek God. It's another thing to find God. How many of you want that? Say that, wow, I sought God and I found Him. It's not that Jesus is lost, but I found Him. I, we, we, we connected. Here I am praying and fasting, but we connected. Here am I worshipping, but we connected. Here am I figuring my life out, but we connected. Here am I trying to think about, worrying about finances, and then one connection with God, and all fear goes away. Amen? And you will seek me and find me, caveat, when you search me with all your heart. And that's why we come back to saying yes to surrender. Because the last yes that Peter, challenged, uh, Peter was challenged with was, do you love me? Yes. And then Jesus spoke to him about surrender. And one day, you're going to go where you don't want to go. You're going to die in a way where you might not like to die. Are you ready to surrender? If you are, follow me. And I pray that as we continue on, because I believe that God is to, in fact, can I tell you, you know, God has done something. Amanda, <laughs> this last two weeks, the one me and Pastor Gay have been busy with, counselling. Because God moved in such a powerful way at the church getaway that so much stuff is now being revealed. God's light shines in and instead of running away, people are running to God. And so we are having to sit down to counsel and counsel and counsel, even though it drains us a bit, but we rejoice because God's doing something. Lives are walking out of darkness. Chains are being broken. Why? Because God has so much more. But God doesn't want us to have a flash-in-the-pan revival. God doesn't want us to just come to church and have some goosebumps. God wants it to continue. And we need to bring this back with us. We need to meditate it and go like, God, help me to surrender. Would you say, God, I want to be more. Would you, would you make, I want to be more, your battle cry for the new season? God, I want to be more courageous. I want to have more faith. I want to lead more people to Christ. I want to pray more. I want church to grow more. I want homes to multiply more. I want more. I want to be more for you. I want to be more than a PhD student. I want to be more than a master student. I want to be more than a high 
earning, young, working adult. I want more than money, Lord. I want you. Would you make that your heart's cry? For just to do that, it's not just a, oh, I wish we're going to separate. We're going to say yes to His purpose. And we're going to say yes to surrender. Let's pray. Can I invite the worship team up? And maybe before I pray, can we just spend some time worshiping because I believe that this is God's Word and it's been released. God desires more. No matter what powerful moments we had with Him, it's just the beginning. And God wants us to continue on. The resurrection moment that Peter had with Jesus was powerful, but God had more. Pentecost was powerful, but God had more for Peter. Will we desire for that more? Will we desire to continue to run after God and not be satisfied? Maybe for some of us, we got to say yes to God again. Because the yes of 2019 is not good enough for 2020. Does that make sense? Some of us, we need to search our hearts because all these years, even though you call yourself a Christian, but you've been trying to maneuver God. But could it be that God's word for you is to dedicate, dedicate the next year to His purposes? Doesn't mean you quit your job and join full-time ministry. No, continue on. But now, prioritize His purpose over your studies. Prioritize His purpose over your paycheck. Prioritize His purpose over your holidays. And watch and see as you surrender, God will reveal his bits and pieces of His plans more and more to you. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.